Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And good morning, Marshfield and the rest of the South Shore of Boston. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Okay, we have a plan. We always have a plan. And our plan today is that we're going to talk about uh, being prepared for and or surviving a a layoff, a riff in force, a change of jobs, a sudden unemployment. I'm not, there's a lot of different terms for it, but folks, if you, if you suddenly and without warning uh, find yourself uh, out of your job and uh, your world uh, getting fairly scary, uh, th- this is the whole thrust of what we're going to do with this show. And we'll come at it uh, from a financial point of view, we'll come at it from an employee benefits point of view, and uh, although I'm not a job placement specialist towards the end, uh, maybe I'll give a few suggestions about what you might do, but there are certainly better sources for that than, than I. But anyway, so that's kind of a rough plan. My, uh, my co-host this morning and bride of low these many years, Pamela, is with me. Good morning, sir. Ma- Good ma'am. morning. Uh, th- thank you for uh, keeping me company here this morning. We're uh, we're broadcasting from our Southwest Florida studio this morning. Hopefully, you sound we, we sound okay down there for up there for you folks in uh, in Massachusetts. But anyway, uh, so uh, a little background. I. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I, I'm not qualified to do the show. I haven't been unemployed in 39 years, but uh, but no, just just because you've been okay. self-employed. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I was uh, going through the news this morning, and uh, 
The, uh, the latest unemployment report just came out from the government's point of view, and uh, our unemployment rate is 3.8%, uh, uh, which is the lowest in, it's been since the 1960s, as a matter of fact. There were 196,000 folks across the country who filed for unemployment claims last month. Uh, that number, uh, it was early 1960s, I forget the date, but the, the last time we hit that low of a number, gasoline was 35 cents a gallon, and the average income was $8,500. So that was a little long time ago. Uh, you know, the other thing I thought was kind of interesting is that they report uh, the, the, that as that 196,000 as just a raw number, not a percentage. I mean, they get into some percentages in the other report, yes. but well, our, our population is a, yes. a whole lot bigger, you know, than it was uh, a long time ago. So, so maybe we just don't have to do the show. We should just play music for the two hours because almost everybody's employed. <laughs> uh, just kidding, folks. Um, I, I've. As I also understand from reading I've done, uh, that the as we climbed out of that great big mess we had in 2007, 8, 9, uh, a, a lot of the jobs uh, are not as well-paying and uh, it, we're not in as good a shape for yeah. a whole bunch of the population, yeah. I think, uh, just because of the way things have been. Right. Uh, and, and so... You know, it, it's changing jobs is is a really scary kind of thing for folks to go through, uh, and uh, you know some of the things we're going to talk about. Well, actually, most of the things we're going to talk about would apply if you choose to change your job and get ready for it. So, so hopefully it'll be helpful. But you know, it's um, it's a potentially life changing and hopefully in a good way kind of a thing. But uh, we, you know, we we go through it. I, I also read. Uh, I think we change jobs or careers like multiple times in your life. So it's just kind of much more frequent, this job changing thing since when, when we were growing up, you know, you, you worked for a company for 40 years, you got a gold watch and you retired, you got your pension, you didn't have to worry about too many things. Well, that's, that's all changed. And uh, I, I think it's got to do with the rate of change in society and technology and a whole bunch of things. I mean, right. it's really... Uh, it, uh, it, it's. I'm glad I don't have to go look for a job right now because it's a whole lot different. So, because we live in this like really fast-paced world, and because things are changing all the time, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that millennials expect to change jobs every about th- seven or eight times yeah, over the course of their yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, and and. Geez, you know, uh, that, that for, for us older folks who haven't had too many jobs in their life, that's kind of a scary thing. But maybe it's just kind of Not, the way things will be going right. forward. That's just the way their, yeah. their life is. So yeah. they'll yeah. deal with it. Yeah, okay. So, so anyway, so we're going to kind of uh, go through a... Uh, the, the a bunch of things here in, in in order that I think makes success makes success yeah makes sense I apologize and and I, I think the uh, the first w- approach that I want to take this morning is well if you have been laid off you know uh, were you financially prepared for it okay so I'm I'm going to spend some time. I'm not sure how long. We'll figure it out as we go along. But spend some time saying, you know, if you did these things in advance 
from a financial point of view, the shock of losing maybe all of your family's income and or, you know, one of two working spouses' income for a period of time it, it might be lessened because there are some things that you can do to at least make it less scary. So the, 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 the thrust of at least this uh, half-hour segment of the show will be hopefully what you did do uh, to kind of get ready for this, like being or what you would do. Yeah, what you would do. Uh, and then if you, when we get by the perfect scenario, which will make your life a little less scary when you're unemployed, then maybe we can kind of get into the damage control. Well, okay, I, I didn't do any of these things. I'm in a blue panic right now. You know, wh- wh- where can I go from there sort of a thing? So that's, that's kind of where we're heading. And we'll touch on employee benefits and we'll touch on health insurance and we'll touch on your 401k. Uh, and, 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 but, but I want to go through the financial preparedness process that you hopefully do go through just because you want your life to be relatively stable anyway, and it'll certainly help if you're unemployed. Uh, and then we'll get into some things that you can do if you weren't quite as prepared. And I'll kind of go through a, a checklist of, well, maybe you'll have to do this, or maybe you'll have to do that. And, and, and that checklist, uh, what I'll try to do uh, is go kind of in order of preference. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so anyway, it's a, it's a stressful process for everybody, uh, but at least if you've been financially prepared, you're not going to worry about your family in that situation, and you can worry about the job and focus on things like that. That make that makes sense? It makes sense. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So where do you want to start here? Where do I want to start? Okay. Well, first of all, if anybody would like to chime in with any questions Ooh. or comments, Ooh, they can okay. give us a call yep. at... 781-837-4900. This is a call-in talk radio show, and Tim, just give us a shout if somebody gives us a call. Uh, but but the So the first part of this, folks, is we're just going to take calls on being laid off and, and preferably on some of the things we're talking about, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes here. Okay. 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 So... How, what are the options people have for replacing their lost income? Yeah, and let's think about this, folks. If you haven't been uh, un- unemployed by surprise, I mean, th- think about, you know, two working spouses, assume they earn equal amounts of money. Well, you know, you're going to be without half of your income. You know, you know how, how do you deal with that process? And if you happen to have just one working spouse, well, that becomes even more stressful and a financial concern. So, so the, the, the first, here, here's the checklist uh, that you go through, folks. So the, the, the first uh, box that I hope you have checked is that you've heard financial planners forever talk about having emergency reserves Okay, basically savings money. This is bank money, certificates of deposit or savings accounts or money market funds. Okay, uh, folks need to have money for emergencies, okay? And the, the rainy day fund or the emergency reserves, okay, is, is a number one on the checklist for being unemployed, okay? Generally speaking, there are guidelines for this and like anything, one, one shoe doesn't fit all. But you know, we financial planner types would say, you know, you ought to have somewhere between three months and six months of your after-tax living expenses sitting in a bank account 
earning very little or maybe even sitting under your mattress if you promise not to touch it, okay, ju- just because. So it, let, let's pretend that you spend $5,000 a month to live your life with your family after taxes. That's like your monthly bill. You, know, you ought to have somewhere between 15000 and $30,000, okay, of real life, safe, guaranteed money that you can get your hands on overnight if necessary for emergencies. Most folks would call being laid off <laughs> an emergency <laughs> with, without much question there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and from time to time, we have discussions with folks and talk about emergency reserves, and they look at us like we have three eyes. We go, well, why do I need that? Well, those are folks who've never had an emergency and that's you know that that's good but you know you're probably going to have one sometime sort of a thing so so you know if you became laid off you probably wished you had two years you know worth of emergency yeah. reserves sitting in in the bank account now that's impractical for most people to save that much right. money and but you have to give some significant time to developing those emergency reserves y- y- yeah i mean you know you you and and again if you don't have any you chip away at that over a period of time and get on a mission to do it. But, but you know, if just think about it, folks. Uh, if you had six months worth of living expenses, okay, uh, and by the way, remember, if you only lost half of your salary, maybe that's 12 months worth of living expenses. So, so you know, job number one is to have that emergency reserves account. Okay, you know, it, it differs for everybody. Uh, you know, if you have uh, two um, working folks who are policemen or firemen or teachers with, you know, steady job and public, well, maybe you don't need a huge, you know, emergency reserves. If both spouses are self-employed with small businesses, maybe you need a year's worth of emergency reserves. But, you know, if you had that cash... You could take a breath, kind of know how many months you had before you got into trouble, and you could focus on what you're supp- you need to do and supposed to do, which is kind of find a job. Okay, so so emergency reserves is n- numero uno in terms of dealing with an unemployment situation. Uh, and if you've been fortunate enough or smart enough to plan ahead and do that, uh, great. If you haven't, well, okay, uh, hopefully you get back on your feet soon. And hopefully you repair some of the financial damage that you may have had while you're unemployed. But get on a mission to try to create an emergency reserves account. And maybe it'll take a while. But, but as opposed to not having it, like that's, that's just kind of number one. Okay. Okay? Yes. What about your... Okay, that's plan A. What about plan B? Well, okay, one other part of plan A, okay, that I forgot is that... Some folks um, have investments not in retirement plans that, okay. that they can get at, okay? Uh, okay. And so maybe, maybe some folks inherited some stock from somebody, or maybe you have an individual account or a joint account of investments somewhere. So not your IRA, not nothing, your, nothing that will have tax consequences cor- when you take it correct. out. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, you can just and, use the money. You know, that, that's plan J. And we'll get okay. to that a little bit later on. Okay. So if you have some investment money that's not in a retirement plan, or by the way, probably an annuity of, of any type as well, 
okay, uh, th- you know, that's, uh, that's not as good as emergency reserves, but it's sure better than the other things we're going to talk about as we go down okay. this list. Okay, I, I call that money money in the middle. It's between your emergency reserves and whatever retirement plan money that you've got going for you down the line sort of a thing. So if you happen to have some stocks you inherited or some investments on your own or whatever, that that's n- numero two, okay, okay. In, in terms of the checklist. The, the, only, the only problem with that, okay, uh, is that um, that money is liquid. You can get your hands on it, but... There's, there's degrees of liquidity, and I need to make a di- distinction here. So if you have emergency reserves, there are two things that can happen. You can get your money immediately, and whatever it was when you get it was no smaller than it was before. Okay, so, so my definition of liquidity is getting at your money quickly and not having it be down in value, okay? If you don't have emergency reserves, and if you have one of those uh, outside of a retirement plan investment account, if, if and when you need to go there, Murphy's Law will likely apply, and oh, it'll be down significantly. Yeah, you have to sell the stock, and it'll probably, it, you know, you don't know p- what the people who got in trouble, that, that's exactly. So, so you know, if you, if you don't have emergency reserves and you're feeling pretty comfortable about having an investment account that would count like that, well, if it's you know, a huge chunk of money relative to your income, well, okay, I'm probably okay with that, but, but it's not ideal. You know, because that investment account could be down 40 percent in value by the time you need it, you know, depending on how it's invested and what your circumstances okay. are. So that's like a plan A, a, a sub number <laughs> B, whatever sort of a thing. So Right. And you, they could, if they took it out when they needed it, yeah. maybe not all in one lump sum, yeah. that yeah. might mitigate perhaps yeah. some yeah. of the downside to yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, and, and, and another problem with that money is... Maybe you've got huge capital gains even while it's down. So you take <laughs> so, you, so you take money out of there. It's down half, and you find out you have to pay a bunch of taxes on it next April, and maybe you're still unemployed by that. I mean, okay. so it's just it's not ideal. Plan A: emergency okay. reserves to replace income. Plan B: uh, a joint or an individual or a taxable investment that you may own that's not a retirement plan or an annuity. So that's like. Plan A one and Plan A two. Okay, so the the Plan B, well, it's it's pretty simple. If you don't have money to do something to, to replace income, you got to go borrow money. Oh, okay, okay, and, and that's that's definitely a Plan B versus a Plan A. All right. So what what I'm going to kind of run through are the the different places that you can borrow money and the wisdom or lack of wisdom that goes, goes along with doing that, okay? So um, when, when we talk with just about anybody that we work with, uh, we suggest to them that they obtain a home equity line of credit, otherwise known as a HELOC in the business, folks. Okay, a home equity line of credit 
is an ability to borrow money against your home. There's probably a whole bunch of folks listening to me that have that have one of those. Okay, uh, there may be some folks who've never had one of those. By the way, maybe you've had one of those and had some unpleasant experiences with it because maybe you spent some money that you couldn't have afforded to spend. But but the bottom line is that the way it works is that if you go down to your local bank and say, hey, I'd like to establish a home equity line of credit on your home. They'll, they'll look at you, your situation, whether or not you have a mortgage. And g- generally speaking, uh, most folks could qualify for a line of credit equal to about half of the equity in their home. So let's okay. pretend you've got a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in your home. You have a $400,000 house with $200,000 of a mortgage. You've got two, you know, $200,000 of equity. Okay, so you, you, you apply for uh, an equity line of credit, and the folks at the bank say, how much would you like? And you say, I'd like as much as you can give me. Remember, you're not, you're not borrowing it, folks. You're just having an ability to borrow the money. It's like opening up a charge okay. card. Yeah, if you open yes. up a charge yes. card, you, you okay. don't use it, it's okay. So that's okay. a home equity line of credit is different from a home equity loan. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. And and so the, so the deal is on a home equity line of credit that if all is said and done and if you do qualify, okay, the bank sends you a, a, a checkbook and you can write checks anytime you want for up to like $100,000. So that's your line. Uh, and the way it works is to work just like a, a charge card, folks. Uh, a charge card's a line of credit as well. Okay, uh, you have the ability to borrow money. It's sitting there. If you don't use it, it doesn't cost you anything. And if you do use it on the equity line of credit, the, the cool thing is, well, they'll only charge you interest on the money you borrow for the first 10 years that you borrow money. Well, you know, let's say you write a check tomorrow for the whole $100,000. You just borrowed $100,000. Let's pretend uh, the interest is 3.6% because it's a round number. You owe $3,600 in interest. Well, that's over the year. If you divide that by 12, okay, 12 into 3,600 is yeah, $900 a month. In interest, no, no, three hundred dollars. No, three. Yeah, okay. So, so, geez, I borrowed a hundred thousand dollars. They only charged me three hundred bucks. Well, yeah, you got to pay at least three hundred dollars or thirty six hundred over the year. You can pay down your principal if you want, but if you delay it, well, then it gets bigger and bigger and gets. So, so they, they, you have to be very careful with them because it's even bigger than a charge card. If you have trouble with charge cards, you might have a bigger trouble with your home equity line of credit because the checks are bigger. But I digress. If you had a hundred, if you had no savings. And if you had no money in the middle, and if you had $100,000 line of credit on your home with zero outstanding balance, if you had $100,000 outstanding on the line, you can't borrow anything. You're tapped out. But if you have- So if you have, so let me ask you this question. You have $200,000 worth of equity in your home. Yep. You're eligible for half of that amount as a line of credit. Is that yeah, correct? Roughly, yep. Roughly, yep, yep. okay. Okay. Okay, so, so anyway, so plan A is to have the money, emergency reserves, okay, and second choices, money in the middle, investments. Plan B is to borrow the money, and of the places that you would borrow money, if you had a $100,000 uh, balance, uh, uh, unused balance on your equity line of credit, you don't have to ask anybody how to use the money. You just write a check to pay your expenses and you know that $100,000 probably buys you some comfort as you're going yeah. through that unemployment process. By the way, folks, you, you still have to pay this back. 
but it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty cheap... Monthly. You have to pay it back monthly. Just, just the interest. Right. Just the interest. So it's an affordable way to deal with it if you don't have real live money to pay for it sort of a thing. And it's probably plan A on the borrowing side, home equity line of credit. Yeah. Explain that, okay? Any yeah, it yeah. sounds. It sounds to me like you you would only take it out as you need it. Right. I mean, don't take out the whole hundred thousand sure. dollars at once because you're paying back a hundred. You're paying back interest yeah. on that. Yep. But the point is, it's but you a, can if you just take it out as you need it. Yeah, and the point is, it's a tool that you can use to not worry about your finances and devote all your attention to getting a new job and hopefully even better than you were the last time around, okay? Yeah. All right, so so that was plan B, sub one, borrow money, home equity line of credit. Well, plan B, sub two, and I hope you never have to do this, folks, is, well, let's see. If you don't have an equity line of credit, I can assure you, you won't be able to get one if you're unemployed. Okay, oh. so uh, so then you're going to your charge cards. Oh. Okay, yeah, oh, oh, oh indeed, okay. Uh, so if you happen to have charge cards and you were prepared, you have a zero charge card balance every month, and then you at least borrow money in your charge cards. Okay, the interest rates are hideous. Okay, they can get away from you. Okay, but versus not being able to get any money. And by the way, probably versus crashing your retirement plan, paying taxes and messing up your future, you know, they're a temporary solution, but certainly not yeah. a desirable one sort of a thing. Okay. And you and they give you the option of just paying back what they consider the minimum balance. Yeah, yeah. Is that well correct? the minimum is a whole lot higher than what would it be in a home equity line of credit, right, that's but for sure. If but you yeah. can't get one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so so we're coming up on a break and this is like relatively perfectly timed here. Okay, so so financially, if you're prepared financially I, I, I can't speak to your state of mind and your other but if you're prepared financially yes. for a layoff You've got a bunch of money in emergency reserves that'll pay expenses while you're looking for a job. If you don't have emergency reserves, but you happen to have some investments someplace that are not in retirement plans or renuities, that would be you know plan A sub one, still cash, you're using cash. And if you don't have real live money, you gotta borrow it. And plan A by a huge margin as a home equity line of credit, plan Z, is use your charge cards if you have to going forward from there. Okay, we're gonna take a break and folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> 